Hey everybody, welcome to episode 4 of Talking with Tones 2, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. So today what i like to talk about is my history with video games. So my history with video games goes way, way back to ColecoVision. So ColecoVision was a thing way back in 1982. Now ColecoVision was a thing with this game called Pong. It was basically a bar that bounced around. And I remember a ball going against the screen and kind of bouncing around. And you had to move the bar so that the ball doesn't go past the bar. And if the ball did go past the bar on the bottom of your screen, basically your game was over. So the purpose of the game was basically to keep that ball bouncing around and make sure that it doesn't go past the bar at the bottom of your screen. So that was the purpose of the game. So after that, I would say Atari was the next big thing. 1982 was when the Atari 2600 came out. And the games that I can remember, that I can recall on that, I mean, that was more of a real legit system. Uh, the Coleco, I think, only had a few games. The ga only game that I can remember was Pong. I'm pretty sure it was ColecoVision. Might very well have been on a different console, but I do remember ColecoVision as a thing. And then Atari. So for Atari, I would say Space Invaders was the next big one, and of course, Pac-Man. Games were a little bit more legit in those times. There's a lot of different kind of games. It was actually the first console where there was a lot of games and there was a lot of entertainment going on there, and you basically had cartridges. I think Frogger is another one that comes to mind when you jump across the street and you can't get hit by a car, stuff like that. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong was a big one, where basically you had to climb upstairs and not get hit by Donkey Kong's barrels. So, you know, that was all Atari stuff. I would say after Atari, the next big one was Nintendo. Now, this is when games started really becoming more legit games. Video game, family, computer, July 15th, 1983. So Nintendo was out in 1983. I remember I couldn't afford one and I didn't have one. I eventually did get one, but I think I went to one of my friend's houses in particular. I remember he had the gyromite robot thing, the thing that basically moved back and forth. I don't know if it interacted with you, but the gyromite was a big thing and it actually came with a game. The duck hunt was a big thing because you actually had the gun. People didn't really know about the video games at home at this time. You know, you were used to, if you wanted to play a video game, you had to go to an arcade. Now, I used to have an arcade near my crib back on 80th Street and 101st Avenue over in Queens. There was a place called the Triangle and right across the street there was an arcade. My sister used to bring me there and I can tell you the awe that I used to feel when I used to walk in there. This was like the awesomest place because it was just like a fantasy haven of video games, you know what I mean? So there was a bunch of games there. Of course, I used to always have to beg mom for quarters. I used to go there and play, I think, some fighting games and stuff like that. So that was pretty awesome. Of course, pinball is a big one. Uh, another thing I need to mention when it, as it relates to arcades is this place called Duffers. It was a mini golf course and it was an arcade museum, man. It was like millions of arcade games in one place and I used to go there every year in New Jersey, Wildwood, New Jersey on my vacation with my fam. Uncle Joe used to take us there. Grandma, my mom, my, my sister Debbie, and Johi, Jaha. We used to all go and we used to all have fun. And that was the spot, man. At the end of the night, you would always go there and get these gigantic ice creams. Like you ask for two scoops and it's like this big. It's gigantor. You know, that place was totally awesome. You could play mini golf there and they had a lot of video games. Now, as a kid, this place was gigantic. As I went there as an adult, I realized that it wasn't that gigantic. But there was still a crap load of games 
games, I would definitely put this in my category of illest video game arcades as I was a kid that I've ever seen. Of course, now you got places like Dave & Buster's and things like that. But going back to having those consoles at the actual home, Nintendo was big, Super Mario Brothers was big, Duck Hunt was big, you had the gun, you aimed it at the screen, it felt really interactive. It felt like you were in the arcade, but you had it at home. And the graphics weren't ridiculoso, but they were definitely cool at the time as I was a kid, you know what I mean? So that Nintendo, that was a big deal. Having Nintendo was a big deal at the time. So I think I ended up eventually getting it, and Super Mario was the big one for me. Of course, you know, jumping around, jumping over those mushrooms, smashing the rocks, and trying not to die and all that. And then I would definitely say, you know, Ghouls and Ghosts and Metroid and stuff like that were in there. Because those were the big games, you know. Playing Ghouls and Ghosts, you start out with that armor, and then when you get ding, you get hit. You basically are naked, walking around in your boxer shorts, and you're killing a bunch of goblins and ghouls. So that game was a lot of fun. And then, of course, Metroid, running around. That was a sci-fi hit. you basically running around. You could transform into this ball and drop grenades and stuff like that. And, you know, at the end, you killed this mother brain. It was like, that was a sci-fi hit as a kid. I loved that one. So Sega Genesis was the next big hit, you know. And Sega Genesis, for me, was the first arcade system that you had. TurboGrafx-16, I think, came out around the time of as a Sega Genesis. I think they had a game called Bonk. But anyway, Sega Genesis, for me, was where it was at. Sega Genesis was the first one that they came out with that you really felt like you were in the arcade because the graphics were dope. I mean, Altered Beast was, like, amazing. When the part when you turn into a wolf and he goes, Ride from the wolf. And you turn into the wolf and you go, you know, that, that was really dope. I did feel like I was at the arcade playing that one. So Altered Beast was a big deal for Sega Genesis and Sega Genesis fans. And of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. First game I played when you move around a million miles an hour. And it was just like you turn into this ball and you got to collect these coins. And it was like going 160 miles an hour just really quick and trying to keep up with that and that was a different gaming experience too so i can go on for a long time about sega genesis games but i want to get into the next level of games was ps1 where you didn't have cartridges anymore you didn't have to blow into the cartridges and get the dust out anymore you had cds so these were cd-rom games cd-rom games were a thing where it was kind of a big deal because these games were totally awesome dude and I think I can recall some awesome PS1 games. You know, Sony came out with the system PlayStation, PlayStation 1. And it was a totally different time for games. It was definitely better than Sega Genesis. I, I would say that it blew Sega Genesis out of the water. I'm pretty sure Sega Genesis came out with a Sega CD-ROM or a Sega CD system that also had mega dope graphics. But PlayStation 1 kind of knocked that one out of the box. I can recall games like... Crash Bandicoot, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, and Grand Theft Auto. Like, I remember playing, I think it was Grand Theft Auto 2, where, you know, you were running around, obviously stealing cars, and you had baseball bats and just beating the head out of people. And that entertained me and my family <laughs> for a long time. Uh, one New Year's Eve or something, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just, you know, different type of video games. The PlayStation 1 was definitely where it was at for a good minute. Abe's Odyssey, I think, was on there, too. That might have been PS2. So PS2 was the next one. I mean, Sony kept it moving with the progression and the technology and getting these dope video games. I'm sure Xbox was kind of out around that time too. Microsoft came out with something to compete with Sony. I don't know what version of Xbox, but I know it was Xbox starting to compete with the Sony PlayStation. Xbox was 2001 and PlayStation 1 was 1994. So that's when gaming started getting real serious and uh, the game started getting better and better. PlayStation 2 came out six years later in 2000. 
I don't want to forget the GameCube for Nintendo. I know GameCube was big for a little while. Super Nintendo was a big one. I know I had a few Star Wars games for that one. That one came out in 1990. Then you had Dreamcast. Dreamcast came out in 1998. PlayStation 1 came out in 2000. GameCube came out in 2001. So I'm going to talk about the ones that really stick with my memory. Game Boy was out in 1998. Game Boy was a big deal because it was a portable. You walked around with it. I know they eventually came out with a color one. Tetris was a big one for me for that one. And of course, Super Mario. They, they pretty much put Super Mario on all of their consoles because that was the big one for Nintendo. PS2 came out in 2000. I can recall some of those games that came out at the time were um, Call of Duty was a big one. Final Fantasy X was a big one. I remember playing that one for hours and hours. Storyline was so cool. Combat system was totally awesome. That was a legendary game for its time. It was a little bit ahead of its time. And now I look for games to be like that. I think it set a precedence. Resident Evil 4, the GTA series, San Andreas came out. Resident Evil 4 was a good one. I'm pretty sure all those early Resident Evil ones were dope. Um, Devil May Cry was a big one. That was also a game that definitely set the bar for some of these action games and action RPG games. It was just totally awesome. You could double jump, you could shoot, you could stab some demons. It was just totally cool. It was definitely fantasy, dark fantasy, gothic, demonic gameplay. I just loved it. Jack and Daxter was a good one, kind of in the tradition of Ratchet and Clank, but a little bit different. I thought it was a little cooler, honestly, than Ratchet and Clank, although Ratchet and Clank is pretty cool. More kiddish, but, you know, adults can definitely play those and have some fun. But yeah, Jack and Daxter, I think the second one or the third one was really good and really fun to play. I enjoyed those. Me and John used to play those and my friend Scott. Tomb Raider, God of War. Second God of War, Gran Turismo. So all the God of Wars were dope. I remember when God of War first came out, that was also a legendary hit. It also set a bar. I mean, it was the first game that I saw where the triangle or the circle came on the screen and you had to just mash it. And that was like in the middle of a boss fight. That's how you killed the uh, monster and stuff. So that was pretty dope. The God of War games was pretty dope. God of War 2 specifically was out on PS2. And then we had PS3. So PS3 hit. PS3 hit in 2000. Some of those hits was The Last of Us, of course. Last of Us was a big one. Last of Us was out in 2013. That was also groundbreaking. It was also legendary. Naughty Dog portrayed this great, great story. It was about basically zombies and stuff and this fungus that was on the earth that basically caused this pandemic. And really cool game. Really interesting. Loved that one. I played that a million times. You know, I've been talking about that one a lot lately because of the show. But yeah, that's when it first, first, first came out. Great 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 game and then we had uncharted which is also another one you know i slept a little bit on that one in the beginning but then when i played it i realized it was one of the best games great action game really cool great storytelling also by naughty dog so no surprise there PS3 was revolutionary because it, you know, the graphics just kept getting better. And then, you, of course, you have PS4 in 2013. Now, PS4, I think, was the real golden age, I would say, for the PlayStation, where it just kind of took over. Xbox at the time wasn't as big. You know, I know Gears of War was big for Xbox. Xbox came out with their new version that competed with PS4, but I felt like the PS4 kind of blew it away. I'm not a big fan of Xbox simply because I never had an Xbox. I am a big fan of video games, so... I definitely am not dissing Xbox. I just was more of a PS guy. PS4 was huge. God of War, the reboot, 
you know, that was amazing. Storytelling was great. You know, he they introduced Atreus, the son. Kratos looked totally different. He looked older. He was a totally different character. You know, it was a different type of game. Really cool storytelling there. More recent, of course. Uncharted 4. Some of those were really a lot of fun. All the Uncharted were awesome, but that one sticks out for me. And then um, Horizon Zero Dawn was another groundbreaking, to me, game. Just, you know, great job by Guerrilla makes that game. Great job there. I love that Horizon in Zero Dawn. I played all the DLC. Played that game from beginning to end. Rare that I do play a game from beginning to end like that and complete the whole thing because I am a casual gamer. I'm not this like hardcore, you know, type dude that sits in front of the TV and just plays video games and knows every single vantage point of where you're standing in Call of Duty. I'm not one of those kind of people, but I definitely do love casually playing my video games. More of a story kind of guy. I would say action RPG slash storytelling. I like the fantasy. You know, for me, video games definitely was the new comic books. I mean, I used to read comics, but then once video games became big, I kind of stopped collecting comics because the video games kind of filled that niche for me. I just love video games after that, mostly because of the storytelling and the fantasy. So, of course, GTA V, that was a huge one. You know, that, that game is so big, it came out on three different systems. That's incredible. These remasters and stuff, and it's still a popular hot game. You know, this, this actually created a new genre within the genre, I would say. I am not huge on multiplayer games, but this game made me want to play with people. I, I had a little crew, me and my boy Steve, my boy Scott. We used to just play that game every night. I used to look forwards of coming home from work just to play GTA. So that was a lot of fun and you know I used to put my headset on and you know we used to talk and play and that was for me the first real multiplayer experience that I completely enjoyed and got into it. Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Overwatch, Infamous Second Son, so many. I mean Infamous Second Son was pretty much the release with the system that was a lot of fun. That was a legendary game definitely ahead of its time. Really cool. We had Destiny, of course, Spider-Man, you know, so many hits on PS4. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, you know, the every year Call of Duty came out with a new game. Again, I'm not big on that multiplayer Call of Duty because of the people that are sitting with those vantage points upstairs checking out when I'm going to come out and just buck me in the head. I just want to throw my controller. I don't want to play because these kids or whoever, you know, they're basically sitting there playing every single day and they know every map, every single corner and every single nook and cranny. I'm not that type of player, you know what I mean? I'm the type of player that's going to walk out and get bucked in the head and want to throw my controller and not want to play multiplayer with those type of cats. So I appreciated games like Overwatch where you can choose to play against AI and you can choose against, you know, your competition and people you're playing with. So I enjoyed games like Overwatch. Really cool. Felt like you were in an animated comic books type cartoony story. The original Overwatch was great. Overwatch 2 was great too. But, you know, the first one kind of was, it was groundbreaking to me. Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like these games, you know, these are all epic classic games that they all kind of in their own way are a genre within the genre. But the new one for Assassin's Creed loved it. It was, you know, based off Vikings lore and basically had a lot of like RPG stuff going on, role playing, um, you know, where you could just customize and get your outfits and your weapons and even tattoos and stuff. Like it was just a really awesome game. Story was great. Still not even done with that one, y'all. But I loved, loved, loved that game. Of course, there's Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Remake. You know, getting more into the PS5 games, because that's more of where we're getting at. 
2020 is when the PS5 came out. And, you know, it was strange because PS5, when it came out, you couldn't get any. Then the pandemic happened and then you really couldn't get any. So it was just like a, an untouchable thing. I mean, I remember it took me, I think, a year to actually land a PS5. I remember the first time that I, I went to go get a PS5, I was one of those cats that waited outside of the store early, early, early in the morning. I think it was like 6 or 7 a.m. And I went to GameStop because I got a tip from the email that said they might be getting some systems and I brought all of my PS4 stuff in and I got my PS5 finally. Yeah, That was definitely a good day because I got all the PS5 stuff. PS5 is definitely more of an extension of PS4, I would say. Yes, it's better. Yes, the graphics are better. Yes, the loading times are better, but it wasn't such a huge step. I would say from PS3 to PS4 was a big step. Of course, I think all the steps were important. It just felt like the PS4 to PS5 wasn't this big, big, big difference. You know, of course, of course, you're getting 4K and all that stuff. Instead of 1080p Blu-ray quality, you're getting 4K. And it just moves better. It runs better. It's more like this is the way that it was meant to be played. So not dissing PS5 in any way, but the difference there, performance more or less. You know what I mean? So the graphics too, of course, but wasn't this night and day difference. But PS5 is where it's at right now for me, of course. So some of the games I'm playing there is the Assassin's Creed Valhalla. A lot of these games ended up crossing over. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Horizon Forbidden West, of course, the new God of War, Ragnarok. There's a lot of awesome games there. Destiny 2, GTA 5, ironically enough, GTA 5 was out on three different systems. So PS3, we had it. PS4, we had it. PS5, we had it. So I upgraded on each one of those. Just a, such a great game. I played that one so much, I actually have a mansion in the game and plenty of cars and a 10-car garage and a couple of apartments I own. So I put a lot of hours into that one. Love, love, love that one. Still a lot more to come on the PS5. Of course, this is a topic that I can explore and get into and talk much more about, but I kind of wanted to talk about some of the games, kind of wanted to talk about some of the history for me and what it meant and the transition from system to system and how video games basically have become the new toys for kids. And for nowadays, video games is an essential part of the household. For me, it takes me away. I love my video games. I don't really play them that much, but trust me when I tell you, when I get the time, I definitely binge my game. I play it for a lot of hours. I get into it. It's definitely an awesome escapism. Love my video games, y'all. So PS5 right now, where it's at. And that's my history of video games. All right, y'all. So let's get into the album to reflect on. So the album for today to reflect on is going to be Souls of Mischief, 93 till infinity. Souls of Mischief is such an awesome group. And I feel like they're kind of constantly slept on. Back in the day, they put out this album and so it had so many great hits. I loved every single one of their hits. Souls of Mischief was the... So, if you don't know about Souls of Mischief, you lost. And also, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that song. Now, that song meant a lot to me, 93 Till Infinity. It was when conscious rap was a little bit more of a thing, stepping away from all this thug stuff and, you know, hardcore stuff. You know, it was more of a casual, relaxed vibe. And it definitely was where I was at when I started listening to groups like Tribe Called Quest and Souls of Mischief. Now, these guys actually were from West Coast, and they sounded like they were from East Coast. So they especially caught my interest because they were West Coast cats, sounded like East Coast cats. Cats. And, you know, they had a great vibe and they had a big crew. Now they had Delta Funky Homo Sapien was down with them. They have a crew called Hyro, Hieroglyphics. Souls of Mischief, 93 Till Infinity, released in 1993. 93 Till Infinity was the name of the album. It was also the biggest hit on the album. So let's talk about track list, which to me, every song is pretty solid. Let them know, number one. Two, Live and Let Live. Three, That's When You Lost, featuring Pep Love. A Name I Call Myself, track four. Track five is This Is How We Do. 
Track six, What a Way to Go Out. Number seven, Never No More. That's a good one. And number eight, of course, 93 Till Infinity. That's the popular one off the album. Nine, Limitations featuring Casual, featuring casual and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Number 10, Anything Can Happen. 11, Make Your Mind Up. 12, Batting Practice. And 13, Tell Me Who Profits. 14 is the outro. So yeah, these guys are classic and legendary to me. Um, still doing it. Um, I did meet them. Did have a chance to meet them. Just awesome crew, awesome group. Let's give y'all some listening, listening, listening. Action, action, action. We're going to do 93 to infinity, y'all. Ready? One, two, three. Yo, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo, my man A Plus, and my man Oh, You know he's dope. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California, and um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we gonna up you on how we just chill. Dollar seven digits, call up Bridget, her man's a midget. Plus he got friends, yo, I can dig it. Here's a 40 swigging, you know it's frigid. I got him chilling in the cooler, break out the ruler. Damn, that's the fattest dog I ever seen. The weather's keen in Cali, getting weed, it makes it feel like Maui. Now we feel the good vibrations. So many females, so much inspiration. Souls of Mischief, 93 Till Infinity, those are my dudes. And like so many tracks on that album are solid, man. Really solid track, really solid album. Uh, in 1993, there's so many that stick out for me, and this is a big one. I still got a couple more to do from those 90s era, man. For me, that's the golden age. And this album is definitely, it's definitely one y'all gotta listen to. And if you haven't listened to that one, you're lost. All right, y'all. So that's the album that I would like to reflect on. Hope y'all enjoyed that Souls of Mischief 93 till infinity. Listen in action. So let's get into the next topic, which is the show that I'm watching. So the show that I'm watching is Mayor of Kingstown. Mayor of Kingstown, really awesome show. Jeremy Renner, one of my favorite actors, really cool dude. And I actually started watching the show because... In the cast, Mayor of Kingstown, they had Kyle Chandler in there. So Kyle Chandler, I'm a big fan of his too. Hugh Dillon is in there. You got a, a, you know, a lot of great acting. In addition to the great acting in the show, you know, you got some great writing. Taylor Sheridan and Hugh Dillon, you know, wrote and are creating that show. That one is on Paramount Plus, and Jeremy Renner is the main character in the show. So this is the part where it's like, spoiler, If you haven't seen it, shut it off now or skip to the next chapter. What I'd like to say about that show is it definitely is not for the faint of heart. This show is basically about crime and stuff going on in Kingstown, a place that's in Michigan, 
um, Detroit, Michigan. It's a made-up place, and basically there's a lot of violence and beef going on in the streets and things like that, but mainly it's about the mayor of the Kingstown, which is the guy who controls stuff with the gangs that are inside these prisons. So it is definitely super interesting because it's a first. We're not used to seeing a guy pulling the strings that actually is a good guy. So he's a good bad guy, I guess you can say, in the show because he basically is just trying to balance the outside crime and the inside crime with the stuff going on inside the prison. So it's just explaining that in the prison, whatever happens in the prison leaks to the outside. And, you know, he is, he's cool with the gangs and he definitely is trying to have a better place on the outside. So he deals, he's the middleman that deals with the political people. He's the middleman that deals with the, with the cops and he deals with the prison guards and he deals with the people that are running the prison. He also deals with the crime lords and he also deals with the punks and the thugs and stuff like that that are on the outside and the inside. So super interesting, really different. You know, a lot of violence going on. I'm actually watching season two now. Season one was pretty messed up because um, Kyle Chandler, basically, you know, that was his brother, died in the first episode. He got his brains blown out or something because he was the mayor at the time and I guess he made a bad deal or whatever. So, you know, after that, Jerry Jeremy Renner kind of took over the reins. You see how he deals with all the different people and how he influences, and he's also badass. This role was created for Jeremy Renner. So, you know, when I see him in this role, yes, of course, he's a great Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner is just a great actor, but I feel like this role was created for him. He walks in the room and you feel the coolness. He's just definitely got a presence. He's not scared of anything, and that's what makes me love him in this show. Really cool show, really different. Very violent. So if you're not into that violent stuff... Not for you. The season finale of season one was like insane. It was a riot in the prison and he almost died and everybody, a lot of people died. Some of the main characters died. Some of the guards died. It was definitely hectic. It was definitely beef. So, you know, the season two is about the remnants of that and how they overcome that and, you know, where to continue from there because the riot messed up a lot of stuff. So season two is also really interesting. I think I'm about 75% done with it. Kind of binging that one right now. It's really good. If you haven't checked out one out, you'll so definitely check that one out. So that is the show that I'm watching, Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. So after the show that I'm watching, the next topic is going to be stuff, stuff you need to try for your well-being. So stuff you need to try for your well-being is a hobby. A hobby can really help y'all out, guys. And there's so many hobbies out there. It can range from cooking to sewing to making YouTube vids to listening to Talking with Tones to where we make regular videos, where we, we discuss, discuss regular, regular topics, topics for regular people. people. You know, there's so many different things that y'all can do for a hobby. You can do artwork. You can do painting. A hobby really definitely helps you let that creative side out. It lets a lot out of your soul. I think it helps... It's therapeutic and it helps with a lot of stuff. If you don't have a hobby, you're lost. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't have a hobby, you should try one. You should get one because it really helps me out. I love the fact that I can um, do these podcasts for y'all. I love the fact that I have a YouTube channel. I do it for me. I do it for all of you guys. So, you know, I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying the journey so far. Basically, a hobby can really help y'all out. I think it's great if you have one. And if you don't, definitely try to get one because I think it can help you mentally, physically, therapeutic. You know, just try it, y'all. A hobby is a good thing, man. So enjoy that hobby and do your thing. Whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat, that is definitely what helps you tap into your soul. And it helps. 
All right, y'all, so that is the stuff you need to try for your well-being. Next topic is what the heck is on my mind today? What the heck is on my mind today is basically I'm doing a lot of reflecting, y'all. So, you know, my birthday just passed. I'm 47 now. Uh, I'm doing a lot of reflecting. So, of course, there's things that I wish were better, but I can't complain. I got a pretty good life. I'm pretty happy. I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. My beautiful wife, Aisha, definitely helps. She supports me in whatever I do. And I love you, Aisha. Hey, babe. And just love letting off this creativity, guys. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate my Tones tubers. I'm just really in a good place in general, and I'm happy that I get to do this for you guys. So um, there's that, and that's what I'm thinking of. That, that is what the heck, heck is on my mind today. Reflecting. All right, so let's get into the next topic. The next topic is going to be the original song by Chartone, Cybertone. So let's go back into that album from 2000s, 2003, What Happened to the Rapping, where we break down kind of each song. So this song is definitely a bangaroo. It basically slams you in the face. It's definitely our banger, though we have quite a few. I really enjoy this one because it really smacks you. It's called I Have the Power. It, it has a He-Man chorus in there. You know, the thing I love about this one is we kind of rhyme at the same time. I mean, at the time when we did this, I really never heard. I never heard anybody do that. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, it's different. That's pretty darn cool using a sample from He-Man. I mean, He-Man's pretty awesome. All right, y'all, so here we go. Cybertone Power, the E-Man song. Stoppable, hip-hopable, and not choppable like steel Charlie is a combination of Charlie and Tony Coming together like Voltron, all y'all who know me Know that Charlie's my homie from way back when only Since we've been in high school back when we used to get stoned beat The power of the tower and the new Coming straight out the sewer, kicking the crap out of you No gimmicks or skillets or banging lyrics So hear it, something new, so just fear it A better yet, you should fear it These dynamic grammatics should get your ass kicked, you ass like You bastards were faster with one glimpse of the rapture The masses of what? Originality, taking casualties You're looking tired, here's a charge battery But this is what we live for Anytime we represent we want to do it some more We can go where we want But rap is what we explore It's such a good feeling we get it But you just can't ignore If I ever think I'm gonna rhyme There's always more in store Hate it all y'all want But I'll stay right to the core I don't see it as a job I don't see it as a chore I see it as a way of ending Now is that against the law? Changing up, blazing up, ain't none of y'all phasing us, making major cuts, status spread worldwide, no lies, so come try you dumb guys, I'm tired of all you dumb lies, you're stagnant, predictable, gangster, no lyrical, again, you're pitiful, pathetic, your ice is on credit, I said it, I meant it, you're mentally demented, eating caviar for breakfast, and you're recently rented Lexus, who's next on my checklist, who's next to get the neck twist? Can't create 
told y'all that was a bangaroo would just slam you in the face like real quick you know it's not a long song not like the, our other songs but you know i just love the energy we bring to the table on that one so cybertone chartone hope y'all enjoyed that one it's called power the he-man song off the album what happened to the rapping by cybertone so i hope y'all enjoyed episode four of talking with tones tube where we discuss regular topics for regular people if you like it, don't forget to do a subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget the bell notification so you don't miss any of my vids. And if you want to follow, don't forget to follow me on the Facebook group. And we'll see you next time on Talking With Tones Tube, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Talking With Tones Tube. We're talking with Tones Tube. We're talking, 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 talking with Tones Tube.